0: From Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton.
1: Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton coming at you again on another weekend of nice, nice weather, man. And I I get a chance to come out of my shell. Man, I I, I, I thought my Columbia jacket was sold on to me, man. I've worn my Columbia jacket in two days kind of hard to function because you know how we do in the wintertime we put the wallet in one zipper pocket zip it up that way we never forget our wallet keys going to other pocket way we never forget our keys and now i'm wearing a lighter jacket and everything we'll, we'll see how that works uh it, it's it's march man it's march already and uh february zoom passed on me and uh you know i i, I forgot some key things i was supposed to do for march in in february and uh and hopefully i don't have to end up paying for it. you know how that goes you start out saying i'm going to book my airplane airline ticket i'm going to make sure i got my hotel 3 weeks in advance and everything is 2 weeks and then it's 10 days and then it's 7 days <laughs> and then it's like oh man it's right on top of me what am i going to do right you know and that's not being a good steward of your money when your money gets to slip slip out and and, and get away and so uh, i just want to just start off with a Uh, a little bit of laughter and self confession today. Uh, You know, I want to just talk about something that I know some people won't understand uh, what I'm saying. And, and I know I had a conversation with some people earlier and they thought I was being hard and and callous, but uh, I hope that, you know, you know me better enough to know that I'm not that way. You know, I I don't mind. I'm a big man. I don't mind crying, but you know, the thing about it is, is that, uh, sometimes our, our priorities, uh, you know, that we believe that our victories uh, become insults or hurts to someone else. And so sometimes we have to realize that, you know, while we're rejoicing, someone else is sad. You know what I mean? And and and, and as I always teach my athletes that you need competition without competition, you don't get to play. If nobody plays you, if you you know if you become, uh, it's almost like Mike Tyson was. He was such a formidable opponent that nobody wanted to box him, and so he could never really work on his skills because either a no one wanted to get in the ring with him. If they did, they just laid down real quick and got it over with because they didn't want to be punished, right? And so you need that. So as even as the winner, you have to make your competition feel respected. And wanted you just gonna go like, oh, we beat the scrubs, y'all can't, y'all scrubs, y'all can't hound this, you know? Then that means that that you beat a scrub. so that doesn't make you anything. So, so you 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 have to be formidable in how you walk in victory and what you tend to do. And so I say that to say this is that in in light of you know, what I mean, I know uh, everybody is 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 out there uh, uh, feeling that they want their children. Uh, to be safe, and you know, we talk about being safe, and our schools being safe, and and our, our schools have to be safe, and and I I hear that, and I go like, wow, you know, yeah, you know, I have, you know, I'm responsible for, you know, over my lifetime, you know, ten children, and and uh, and and I always want them to come home safely, you know, um, I don't allow my children to have cell phones uh, because I don't I don't there's no way I need a cell phone. I know a lot of parents want to be able to check in on their children. I don't worry about my children. I know my children are, are safe and protected and, and they're going to come home. Just, I just know that and that's just all it is. And I, I made some think I live in a neighborhood where they might not be safe, but you know, but we haven't had, I mean, my children have been shot at, you know what I mean? My my children have been uh chased or whatever. And some even been jumped on, you know what I mean? But the the issue of the meaning that when I look at the overall thing, God has did, God has, God has done well and done good and has kept, uh, kept, kept us as a family and kept us protected. And, and, uh, and that's all that really matters to me. But, you know, uh, 45 years ago, man, I've seen 45 years ago, man, I don't even think, I don't I didn't even think I was going to live for 45 years, but 45 years ago I was a freshman in high school. Right. And and I went to a college prep high school. So it was the little brainiac school, of uh of of everybody in South Chicago, everybody in South Chicago, that we took tests to get into school. It was college prep school, and it was Limbo, and we went in there to go to the school, and but Limbo was located in a very bad neighborhood. I mean, you know, and I'm talking about just bad neighborhood. Just off, the, it was off the chain, and almost every day somebody was robbing the students especially the freshmen you know we we, we didn't have no backup no friends we didn't know nobody you got robbed every day going to the bus stop you had to run chase get out of people if you deviated off the path from the school like to go to the store you took a chance getting robbed shot whatever if you went too far to the west you know you went into the white neighborhood you got chased and beat up if you went too far to the east you was in the in the black neighborhood, but because you didn't live there, you know, they, they'll, 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 chasing chase you and beat you. So you had to stay like on that one street to walk up there to the bus stop and and stay in mass. And you were all right. And, and, you know, and then in the neighborhood, the neighborhood, our neighborhood was just, was, you know, I mean, they call it Chirac now, but you know, I mean back then it was, it was worse than you look at the statistics. It was worse back then. And it was just a, a harrowing place to live. I mean, it was, but it was normal to us. I didn't know I grew up in a bad neighborhood until I got to college. When I got to college and other students started sharing how they grew up, I realized that I realized it was dysfunctional. I thought it was just normal. I mean, I thought it was normal for everybody, for fire engines to be washing blood off the street almost every day and, and you know, in cl- conflicts amongst gangs or families and, everything like that or getting robbed. It was normal. I I thought it was normal, but it wasn't normal when I got around other kids and I got to college and I realized that, wow, this ain't normal. You know what I mean? This, you know, you know, it it was there. Cause when you live in the midst of it, it's, it's normal. You know what I mean? It's normal. And that's just what the world is like. And you don't know the world and no other choice. So, you know, when I hear, you know, people, I, I like I say i'm I, I I might say I'm jaded, but when I hear people who've only experienced you know uh maybe one school shooting in every other lifetime, you know what I mean, and I look at them as like you know, I experience school shootings at least once a week. <laughs> just like to, you know i i see I see shootings in my neighborhood almost every other day. You know what I mean? And so to grow up in that type of environment and then to be put into an environment like Minneapolis, North Minneapolis, I think I'm on vacation. You know what I mean? I think I'm living in the suburbs. Other people think I'm living in a war zone. So Tuesday there was an incident at my son's high school and uh, somebody came into school with a gun. Somebody got shot. And so they put the school on lockdown. I mean, all the doors locked and everything like that. And police came out of everywhere. People calling me because it was on the news like, hey, is your son OK? Uh, is he all right? And everything like that. And I said, well, you know, I'll I'll find out tonight if he shows up at Bible study or not. You know, what I mean, other than that, I'm not really worried. You <laughs> so know, I got chewed out by somebody for not being worried, but I just don't think it's an issue of worry you know what i mean we know what to do we know how to handle ourselves and i just and i just i just know what's there and and so it this whole thing they had police all around the school you know really overreacting to one one teenager with a, with a with a with a handgun you know what i mean but i mean when i say overreacting i mean they had ar-15s and m-16s with silences on them they had police up and they had snipers on buildings that they had a, a four block radius <laughs> roped off. My son tried to get in there, couldn't get in there. And, uh, and so, you know, he came back home, he was all right, you know, he, and we got to they we're just talking about it. And he was just saying like, you know, dad, it wasn't, you know, as much as they, I guess they, you know, they kind of overreacted to what was going on, but I had to go back to 45 years ago. And I remember, you know, people getting shot in the hallway of the school and we never getting the response, <laughs> We didn't get a response from police like that. You know, I as mean, a matter of fact, it was slow getting the police in the response. If it wasn't for the police officers we already had in the building, you know, who usually kept the lunchroom quiet, and by the time they got downstairs, the people had left the school, and uh, and it was, and then when the police left, that's when they came into school and did most things, because, you know, the after-school activities like, you know, basketball, football, things like that, uh, I remember when they robbed the whole basketball game. They made everybody coming out the door put their money in paper bags, and and, and it, I could just go on and on and on and and you know. But once again, we thought that was normal, and you know, and they get there, and then when you have, you know, you know all the all the fuss over, you know, you know you doing certain things, or how could we have stopped this, or make the schools more safer. But then, though, our urban schools don't necessarily have. 15, 17, 25 people getting shot at one time, you know what I mean, you know, some of them in some cities are still not the safest places to be. And, uh, and, and yet sometimes with the, the spotlight doesn't shine on them because, you know, they don't have, you know, parents that have a friend at the local radios, TV or TV station, or, you know, I'm looking at these young people flying to Washington DC for a rally. And I'm like, Man, we wouldn't have had enough money in my neighborhood to fly nobody to Washington, D.C. for a rally to talk about anything. And i and, and not saying this to to say what's there. What I'm saying this is to lay a pretense for this, is that what is a safe place? You know what I mean? I thought I was in a safe place when I was growing up. I didn't realize how how dangerous a place I was until I left and I experienced other places that were that were safer. But it's what I tell my, my children is this, is that we create ourselves, our safe place. We, we create that. And how we create that is that we have to learn how to call upon the presence of the Lord. Because I can't be there with you all the time. I can't usher you through. There's not always going to be uh, something that's there. You know what I mean? And they all have their stories about how God has intervened in their life and, and done some things for them that uh that you know that the police couldn't do that mom and daddy couldn't do and they had to learn how to call upon the name of the Lord. But it uh, but but do do I do I really want my kids to look for a safe place. And I said, because if I have them going for a safe place, it's gonna be hard for them to go ye therefore and teach all nations. They're only going to want to go and teach the nations where they feel comfortable. They only want to go Go and teach the nations to where they don't have to worry about conflict. They're only going to want to go and teach the nations to where they don't have to worry about being offended or doing things like that. But Christ calls us to go and teach all nations. So, at at, at Spirit of Lord Church, we teach our young people. You know, when they come through our summer programs, when they come through there, that our program is called Three D. And the reason why we call it Three D because when we ask somebody, uh how you rolling and, you know, in a, in an urban slang, how many people with you, that's how deep you are. We're 10 deep, five deep, two deep. And we remind them that they're always three deep. And that's the father, the son, and the Holy ghost. You're never alone. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. So don't ever get into a situation and think you're rolling by yourself. You're always rolling at least three deep, the father, the son and the Holy ghost. And we, and we, and we say that to them to make them understand the different manifestations of God and how God manifests himself in different ways and how he's done it in the Bible. And if he did it in the Bible, he'll do it for you. And and so they can understand that, God, that God's going to show up in their behalf somehow, you know, in some way. And so you, you have to understand that confidence that you have that in order for you to reach all nations and teach all nations and, and to bring them into a point, you can't be afraid because you're going to walk into some nations that are not like you. You're going to walk into amongst some nations that don't think like you. You're going to walk into amongst some nations that uh, won't receive you, you know. And so therefore, if I'm always looking to take the safe route, if I'm always looking for the, the 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 place of shelter, right, then I won't take those chances. You know, Paul would have never went back to the same city he was stoned in. Jesus would not have never went back through the way where they threatened his life when he had to go see Lazarus. You know what I mean? It it is, is, is there is there safety. Jesus said I can call down to me a legion of angels at my time and he could create his own safe zone. Yeah, you know I mean, but even when they wanted to throw him over the cliff, it wasn't his time yet. He, he can create that, that he was still safe. You know, the Bible tells us that the word of the Lord word of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous run in and find shelter and we can find our our safety in his word and in there. And so when you get in there and understanding what, what God wants to do for you and where God wants you to go, you know, is there, is there a such place? Um, you know, you listen to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of spiritual of Lord church. I'm pastor Joe Sutton. And I just want to talk about uh, the safe place. What is the safe place? What, what, what is safety? You know, how, how do we define that? What do we look at? You know, how does that missionary go into that strange land and, and does what he does. And, and he has a, a carve out and create his own safe place. You know what I mean? And I don't want, I don't want to diffuse, uh, the adventuresome, the, it, it, uh, the curiosity and adventure that young people can experience by sharing the gospel, by having them afraid to venture out and find this place. We're going to take a break and come up on a break. When we come back from the break, I want to share a Bible story with you. And I want to hit a couple of real life issues and some things that can help you, teach your children how to create their own safe place.
0: Picture this, standing at the Sea of Galilee and being baptized in the Jordan River. Visiting Jerusalem, where every stone pathway leads you towards the life of Christ and the story of God's promise on earth. These moments can be yours when you join Pony and Lois Evans for Experience Israel 2018, November 7th through the 16th. With gifted musical guests Anthony Evans and Meredith Andrews, your time in Israel will be rich with a spiritual blessing. Visit am980themission.com for more information and to book your journey to Israel today. Hey, soul.
1: welcome back to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church, this is Pastor Joe Sutton And uh, just dropping that bass beat on me Yeah, that's good just, and John, no telling what he would have came up with, you know I'm telling you, man, John, really, seventy years old, man. I don't care what y'all say with his ideas. <laughs> that guy comes up with some music, man. that's beyond his lifetime, man. It's yes, like he's got, I guess, an old soul or whatever. He, you he say got an old he's. soul. Yeah, you better check. You better go check his social security card. You better check it in there. He yeah, he does like the old school. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, I, when I when I, was, when I was thinking about it, like I said, when I think about a safe place, and and I was we were talking about there and. and and somebody was just saying, I just want, you know, want my, you know, kids to be safe. And we were talking about the incident with my son, and, and asked me, was I worried? And I, I just, I wasn't worried. I wasn't, and it wasn't that I wasn't worried because if I put my faith in the school system or the our our police force, I would be worried. But I don't put my faith in the in there. And I think the first step in helping your children create safe places is that you as a parent got to (laughs) believe that there is a safe place outside of you. You know what I mean? Cause if you're worried, they're going to be worried. I mean, if if you're worried, they're going to be worried. You know what I mean? I say it again. If you're worried, they're going to be worried. I mean, you know, I've been doing youth ministry for a long time, since 1985, four times since 1987. And, 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 and the number one reason most, parents tell me a reason why they get their kid a cell phone is so that they can know where they are you know so that they can know where they are i want to know where they are i want to be able to contact them when it was there and to me i'm old i'm 59 you know i i we grew up with pay phones right you know what i mean the, you know, sometime my mother would give me a dime you know that's what it was a dime it went up from a nickel to a dime when i was like about five or six years old she give me a dime and say, "If you get in trouble, call me from a payphone, right?" Yeah, say, call me from a payphone." And and the one time I got in trouble, you know, I, I was in the wrong neighborhood. I was in the white neighborhood, and and these these, these 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 this group of white guys tried to jump me, and and they quickly found out why they called me Big Joe. And so I won that battle and made it to a payphone and dropped the dime in there. Said, "Ma, come get me." I had to fight my way home. You know, she's like, she's like, well, you better keep fighting because I'm not coming to get you. So I had to, I've been stuck, man, stuck in this neighborhood, man. I'm in Marquette Park, if you know what I'm talking about in the early 70s. And I like, and uh, luckily somebody, my my buddy ran home and dad came and picked me up and gave me a ride because my bike was busted. So it's hard to fight with a bike on your shoulder. You know what I mean? So, but it just was one of them instances you call home and, and you just didn't think about it, you know? And and so I don't think about it, you know. What I mean, you know, I don't look at the phone as as my resource. I look at at my training as a parent as my resource. How I've trained my children, how how I've taught them, you know, how to catch the bus, and how I taught them how to look out for things and avoid things, not to be offensive, and not to and you know, what I mean, not from a, a verbal thing, but just just understanding. The, the, the ways of, 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 of the street or, or whatever is there. And and because I know that I don't really, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about that when they're out and about, you know what I mean? You know, I, I, I believe they're coming home. You know what I mean? I, I just don't, I, that's what I believe, but it starts with me. But if I'm paranoid and then they in turn to be paranoid and they'll be too fearful to take a step of faith to be able to, to, to navigate, you know, my daughter, when she went to college, she was walking out the dorm room going upstairs, and her friend said, where are you going? She said, I'm going to the mall. And they said, do you have a car? And she said, no, I don't have a car. I'm about to catch the bus. They said, you from here? She said, no, I'm not from here. I said, how do you know what bus to take? She said, it's easy. You call the bus company. You tell them where you at and where you want to go, and then it gets to go there. And they were like, for real? You know what I mean? Because these were kids who – Parents they just drove them everywhere, and then, when they got to a certain age, they gave them a car, so they never knew how to navigate public transportation, whereas my kids had to start catching a bus six, seven years old. they riding a the bus i don't Joe Sutton drives nobody nowhere. I got a thing full of bus cars that I hand out. you know what I mean that's why I live in the city, so I don't have to drive. They got a basketball game, football game, whatever they got they're catching a the bus, you know my kids come home at eight thirty nine thirty ten o'clock at night my basketball game started at 7. It is at 8.30. They catch the bus on. They catch sometimes. The the coach will call and say, hey, man, can I get them a ride over? I say, if you want to. I say, but I'm not coming to get them. You know what I mean? You know, and they ride the bus and they think nothing of it. Why? Because I don't think nothing of it. I'm not telling them to call me when you get to this bus stop. and Call me when you get to that bus stop. You know what I mean? Because they they end up developing the confidence that that it's going to be all right. And it begins with me. You know, the other thing I always teach them is that, is that your your faith has to be authentic. You know what I mean? If you're not walking with God, so be it. Don't, don't lie to me and let it be anywhere there like that. I said because it'll come out in the pudding. And I said when you're on the bus, how do you spend your time? And so how do you spend your time? I say, sometimes you might want to read your Bible. You might want to read your textbook. You might want to be there. But whatever you are, after a while, if you show yourself as you ride the bus as per- a person who's serious about their schoolwork or serious about their faith, you know what I mean then you 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 create your own atmosphere, you know what I mean you create you create that I said, people are watching you, they're watching you as you ride that bus every day, and you know where where you're getting ready to go. I said, so you know create create your atmosphere, do that, go in there and i said and and and, and don't be afraid to pray for somebody. you don't have to pray for them like can I pray for you, but you can just see someone on the bus? they might be arguing, you know what I mean. They may be going through something. Pray for him. You know what I mean? You made the neighborhood. My son said, you know, he saw two people fighting and one day and he just said a prayer for him. And you know, just pray. He didn't go try to break up the fight or anything like that. Just said a prayer for him. You know what I mean? Just said a prayer for him to go in there and uh, you know, before just not to run away and and to hide, but but to know know your boundaries, know where you are. You know what I mean? You know, if you're not, you know, just to to know those certain things. And the other thing I always tell him is that always make yourself available to your peers. Always, right? Sometimes we want to sit with the popular people. We want to sit with the people we know. But, you know, I always tell them that, you know, as a sudden we reach out to those who are not popular. That that kid sitting by himself at the lunchroom, that's who you go to and that's who you sit with. That's who you take along. The kid who's struggling in basketball practice or football practice, take them under your wing. Show him how to be a better athlete. Grab that freshman, you know, as you're a junior, senior now, and show them some attention and Put them on you. Not to make them carry your bag or, <laughs> or haze them, but to create that. I said, when you do that, you create safe places. You create a safe place for that individual to be at. Because if it's safe for him, it's safe for you. You know what I mean? Don't just go with, with what you know and, and to be popular and to get there. If we're always in the subject, in the area of giving and sharing, we automatically create a safe place. You know, when you say, we well, two or more gathered in my name, I am in the midst of them. So if you're with somebody else, giving and sharing, it can be that it's not just you. Your life is not your own. Don't hide for yourself. Share it and give it away. Man, after watching Torture for Christ, man, I'm on vacation. God bless you guys. Be back next week.